Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast is brought to you by Poor Richard's Cafe and Star Local Media. Poor Richard's Cafe, Plano's oldest restaurant since 1973. They are open daily from 5.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m., serving the three most important meals of the day, breakfast, lunch, and dessert. It is true Texas homestyle cooking made with love and grit at his Poor Richard's Cafe, located off of Avenue K in Plano. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch, being joined by Taylor Ragland and Brian Murphy. Uh, gentlemen, it is summertime, and let's break down two more entries from our ongoing summer question series as we uh, re-release these every week throughout the summer as a way to, I guess, offer up the most comprehensive preview that we can think of for our um, for our, the upcoming school year and all of the districts that we cover. Um, you know, for this edition, I wanted to look at two things that uh, are more kind of postseason-related topics, and that is kind of the impact impact on two things the just these regions as a whole which you know we're obviously this is the first um, you know we just went through the first year post realignment and obviously you had a lot of schools that changed regions and just these regions as a whole just had a, a much different look than they had the previous year so look at that and as well as the uh, the by district round because I don't know about you guys but um, you know having attended the realignment ceremony out in out in Birdville you know for over the last handful of a uh, handful of times I think you were there last year Brian yeah, I mean you were partying this yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's happening times out there in Birdville. But whenever they, uh, you know, whenever they release the new districts up on the, uh, you know, up on the projector or whatever they use to put them up on the wall, and then you're looking to see, okay, where are our schools at, and who's, uh, you know, who's in what districts and whatnot. There's like I always look at first off, obviously, where, my, you know, where are the schools that I cover align, what district are they in, what region are they in, and then who's in the district next to them, who are they going to be seeing in the first round? Because that is the one thing about the postseason. Like what happens in rounds two through six or two through seven if it's football that's all like that can all change year to year but you always know what district you're going to have to look out for in that first round and the by district round itself can um that can kind of lay a lot of the groundwork as far as what um you know our teams were able to do in the postseason because you've had some years where like in 2016-17 and 17-18 where the Plano Allen McKinney district was paired next to the Louisville ISD Mm -hmm. district and you had some matchups in the first round that were I mean third, fourth, fifth round quality in terms of like you had state ranked teams scoring off in the first round and it is kind of weird in hindsight because like it's the best way to do it just because there's no perfect system like you know when we when we watch pro sports or whatnot and we see the bracket format there for the mm-hmm. playoffs and you know you have the best teams on opposite ends of the bracket and then with each round theoretically they're closer and closer to playing each other well it's not insane to think that you could have the two best teams in a region square off you know in the third round some years so proximity can ironically enough plays a far bigger mm-hmm. you know part in what these teams are able to do in the playoffs than we realize but um, I mean, yeah, with what the uh, with how the regional landscape changed at the six A level, at least Taylor, with um, you know with Plano and Allen and McKinney being moved from Region One over to mm-hmm. Region Two, um, in hindsight, what a sigh of relief that had to have been oh, for those man. schools. Yeah, I mean, it, I think the thing that strikes me is we were talking about it, um, you know, off air earlier. It's it's like nine six A became just they just 
ran that region. Six mm-hmm. A Region Two belonged to Nine Six A. I think went to state what in five of the eight sports. Mm-hmm. Played each other in regional finals in two of them. Yes. You know, it, it's it's just insane how. Um, you know, once they literally, whichever one got past like the third round, mm-hmm. which is when they would have to <laughs> play each other yeah. for the first time more often than not, um, you know, they had a really good shot at making the state tournament. And, and yeah, I mean, you get out of, um, you know, the way of some of those crazy programs, the South Lakes and, and all the the, oh, yeah. the the dominant programs of the world. And not to say that Region 2 is just a cakewalk, but clearly, you know, 96A is, is one of the most competitive districts in the state um, and in a softer region I mm-hmm. think it's fair to say and that resulted in you know pretty much exactly what we thought it would you know when you kind of look down you, and, and look at things at the beginning of the year you don't know how things are going to pan out but kind of had a, an idea I think if if we were you know being honest that this could happen and that they would they would find success but the degree of success for 96A in that region was was pretty insane. It's and I crunched some numbers just to kind of encapsulate just to what extent 96A you know had a lot of success in the playoffs. They did send five teams to the state semifinals within um, within Region Two. So Allen football, Allen girls basketball, Allen girls soccer, Plano West volleyball, and McKinney Boyd baseball mm-hmm. all won Region Two. That was the most of any. And only one of those is really a, a quote unquote surprise. Mm-hmm. I mean Allen girls basketball you could maybe call that, but they were super talented. I think Boyd is the only one that you sit back and like I. Didn't really expect that. The other four genuine paths and, and just kind of made good on expectations. That was the most of any district in Region 2. District 968 also had 15 teams go at least three rounds deep in the playoffs. Also the most of any district in that region. And I went through and checked just their just their record with each mm-hmm. round of the playoffs and it's insane to think District 96A had a plus 500 record in each of the first five rounds of mm-hmm. the playoffs in by district play against District 106A which was the Rowlett, Saxe, mm-hmm. Garlandville ISD plus Wiley District uh, 96A went 24 and 8 on the year. In the second round, 96A went 15 and 9. Third round, a little bit closer, went 8 and 7. Having to play each other sometimes. <laughs> yes. Honestly, I mean, it's pretty much 500, but they often had to play each other. In I believe that was the case in uh, in volleyball. Yeah. And because uh, yeah, it was, yeah, because you had, what was it? It was Plano and Prosper and yep. Plano West and McKinney played yep. each other in the third round. Girls basketball. Girls basketball was similar with, yep. uh, with Plano and Prosper and then uh, Allen played Saxe and whatnot. But then you had, um, you know, in the fourth round, so if you simply got to the regional semifinal, Finals. Nine six A had a seven and one record, so it was almost like a like just a free pass to the yep. to the regional championship game. And then in the fifth round, they had a four and three record. But as you mentioned earlier, that number is deceptive because two of those three losses came in head to head matchups yep. between nine six A because they played each other in the in the volleyball regional final mm-hmm. with uh, with Prosper and Plano West, and then Allen and Prosper played each other in Poor the girls Prosper. basketball <laughs> regional final. I know, sorry, Prosper on the losing end for both of those. Hey, first year in six A, not, yeah, yeah. not so yeah, bad. Pretty solid though, if you're. You get into the uh, regional finals yeah. in a couple sports as a uh, first year 6A program. However, to be fair, things took a, uh, a turn south when they got to state because Oof. that district did not have a team play for a state championship nope. among those eight, uh, you know, the eight standings based sports. They had an 0 4 record in, uh, in the state semifinals. So. Um, so nevertheless, um, but still, I mean, just what a uh, what a run. And like again, that's the only comparison was the district. I want to say it was 15, 15 6A with uh, with the Conroe schools like mm-hmm. the Woodlands and College Park, and then your Klein schools, you know, Klein Forest, Klein Collins, Klein. I mean, those that's kind of the uh, the Houston area's equivalent of of the of the Plano Allen district and whatnot, just from a sheer size and impact standpoint. But yeah, I mean, you compare that though to what. 
you know, what the 96A programs had to face the year before with, you know, having to go up against, you know, Louisville ISD and Southlake and Byron Nelson, who were all in the same district at once. And I went back, like, they went 14 and 18 hmm. by comparison. So, I mean, yeah, you from going 14 and 18 in the first round in 2017 and 18 to going 24 and 8 against 10-6A, um, I mean, you could argue there might have been, there may have been no bigger winner <laughs> From, uh, from realignment as far as just the regional impact um, than District 96A and the Plano Allen McKinney schools. Because then you look, you know, you look at how uh, you know, Louisville ISD and Compel were impacted by this and just to look at kind of what the year was for Region 1. And you know, even though that Louisville ISD didn't have to see a Plano or an Allen in the first round, I mean, the consolation wasn't, you know, wasn't much different because then you're lined up opposite the South Lake Keller yep. and you know, Northwest ISD uh, district and whatnot. And I mean, between South Lake and Byron Nelson and Keller, I mean, those are some of the best programs in the Metroplex, and it reflected in some of the most competitive first-round action of any uh, of any bi-district pairing. Uh, Louisville ISD, Capel, and 6-6-A got the better of 5-6-A, but only 17-15 to in the first round across the uh, the eight standings-based sports. And then you see just what a uh, what a bear Region 1 was on these schools because, you know, 6-6-A in the second round had just an 8-9 record because that's where you run into, like, the DeSotos and the Cedar Hills, the mm -hmm. Duncanvilles, the South Grand Prairies, and that was especially in a sport like basketball where... Um, you know, Louisville ISD cranks out some awesome you know teams every year, but so does DeSoto, so does Cedar Hill, so does Duncanville, and a couple of those teams went on to the state tournament. So, yeah, it's just again proximity was the uh, was you know kind of their worst enemy in those situations. And then District Six XA only had a three and five record in the third round. Only Flower Mound baseball, Flower Mound volleyball, and Flower Mound boys soccer made it to the regional tournaments. Um, two of those three went on to but, win the state, yeah. though. So obviously, say, yeah, if you're pretty looking, good conversion, yeah, yeah. As far as what the uh, what the end game was obviously uh, yeah like you said pretty uh, pretty salty there um, but yeah region one was um, you know with region two six a it's not until like kind of the fourth or the fifth round mm -hmm. when you start running into those the woodlands and those yeah, Houston area the regional schools. tournament sports that's when things get hairy yeah. for, for the nine six a programs especially and anybody in that in that region that's when you start to kind of you know bump into like you said the the teams that are actually yeah you know, giving you a shot at, at, at advancing. Which is, we're in Region 1-6A, you know, given, like, and I think, like, like the run that the Plano girls basketball mm -hmm. team went on when they won state, and them having to take down, like I just mentioned, some of those schools, they had to beat DeSoto in the second round mm -hmm. of their run, Cedar Hill in the third round, Duncanville in the fifth round. Um, just, it, I don't know, it just, it really does kind of resonate a bit more to get out of yeah. Region 1, just because those areas are a little bit, you know, closer to home yeah. and whatnot, and the Metroplex is just so, so formidable in terms of just the, the quality of programs that they put out so I mean yeah you saw I mean just region one is such a grinder and I'm sure that there's some Plano coaches and Allen coaches that were just so mm -hmm. <laughs> relieved to get away from that for at least two years um, meanwhile Brian with um, over in class 5a I think that whatever like you know boogeyman exists in 6a with Plano and Allen Frisco kind of has the same thing going there where like if like if you're a school like Lake Dallas or the colony <laughs> and you can get in a region opposite yep. Frisco ISD then you're a uh, you know, maybe uh, patting yourself on the back for that, that you might be able to make it a little bit longer in the playoffs just without having to worry about those Frisco schools until the state tournament. But there's one team that Frisco, in a certain sport, had to worry about in girls' soccer. Mm -hmm. The big boogeyman that you suggested 
took down three different Frisco schools in the same playoff run. I'm talking about Highland Park. Oh, yeah. Beat Frisco Centennial. They beat Wakeland, and they beat uh, Frisco Independence. Mm-hmm. All, you know, first round, third round, fifth round. Disposed of the, the, the defending champs, Wakeland. Disposed of the 9-5-A champion, Independence. And then went on to win state. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at the rest of that, that region, you're like, man, Frisco, they have the best teams. They're, they arguably have the best all-around district when it comes to mm-hmm. boys and girls soccer in at least 5A, uh, and then but they just have to go through Highland Park. Yeah, and it's just it's just not fair. You know why? Why, why couldn't we have Independence, so Wakeland, and the Highland Park, and then whoever else you yeah. want to throw in there in girls soccer? Have them play in this in the state tournament. Those are the yeah. those are easily the best teams. You know, in in at least 5A in the state. Uh, you know, maybe throw in like a San Antonio or Houston team, and then we'll, oh, yeah. we'll deal with that later. But the fact that Wakeland had to play Highland Park in the third round was was just brutal. <laughs> um, sticking with 5A, I want to talk about football. Okay. Because football in 5A Division One and 5A Division Two in Region Two, mm-hmm. which you know Frisco split in half. You know, so yeah. you have six Frisco schools with uh, the Colony and Little Elm in, in, in uh, Division One, and then you have four Frisco schools with, with Denison, Broswell, uh, Lake Dallas, and Lovejoy and Princeton and the other. Well, both of them had to deal with uh, state champions in that regional tournament, mm-hmm. getting out of the region. So you look at, you know, Reedy, they had the unfortunate task of having to face Alito. <laughs> no one was going to beat Alito last year. And obviously last year, no one was going to be Highland Park, mm-hmm. who's in that same region as the Lone Stars and the Colonies and the Division and then that's one your, level. Yeah, in the 5A Division One. So it's like, all right, well, good luck getting to the state tournament or getting to state, at least a state semifinal game of football with Alito in your region. And then on the other side, the other Frisco schools have that same misfortune of having to go against, eventually, if they make it that far, having mm-hmm. to face Highland Park. So it's just not fair. <laughs> and it's funny, just from like a proximity standpoint, because you think of like, like how much distance separates like those first school schools from like Little Elm and Lake Dallas. What do you mean? Like how like just what's the distance between like if you're driving from Frisco oh, to get oh, to Little Elm? Ta- oh, okay. So Frisco and Little Elm, you know, they border each other. Yeah. Are you talking about you know the Frisco schools amongst each other or just um, like? Oh, I just mean just because like when you think of like where the where that line in the sand was drawn from mm-hmm. Region One to Region Two, and I'm not talking football, more just the other sports. Okay. But like, yeah, I mean, that's just like that's what the difference was. It was like literally like 10, 15 minutes. Oh yeah. With a drive time. Yeah. If that, yeah. For yeah. you know, yeah, between like Little Elm and Frisco, and then you look at like the fortunes for a program like Little. Elm and having to get out of the shadow of Frisco ISD and gotcha, gotcha. odds are like because you know when they were in 14 5A you know the you know the two previous years you knew that you were going to see a Frisco school in either the mm-hmm. first round and if you were fortunate enough to get get past that round yeah. probably the third they round they have the 10 5A problem <laughs> now they've left 10 5A with that same exact problem yeah. yeah yeah but Little Elm and Lake Dallas and 8 5A and not and mm-hmm. the non football sports they had to deal with. Grapevine, oh, yeah, a, a, or you know, Azel or some of the Colleyville Heritage in that first round uh, in, in certain sports, uh, and then they were traveling, man. And they were well. While we're on that though, because I went through and I went through and you know did the uh, I guess their their record with mm-hmm. each round of the playoffs, like I just spouted off a ways back for uh, for nine six A, and it is crazy just when you think of how much of an impact that first round had on the overall scope of things. District eight five A across um across the eight standings-based sports, had a 12-20 and 20 record in the first round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So really, really tough, you know, just a tough road to hoe. I mean, there were sports like volleyball. I want to say they got swept by that, you know, the uh, the Grapevine-Colleyville district. And, um, and then they, you know, they took a lot of losses in soccer and whatnot. But then you look past that, in the second round, they had a 9-3 and three record. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is that 9-3 and three record, 
the best girls soccer team in the district, they lost to Burleson Centennial yeah. in that second yeah. round. So it's like, wait, they, that could have been 10 yeah. and 2. Yeah. That record could have been even better, but then you have like strange games like that. So, yeah, so they go sub 500 in the first mm-hmm. round, 12 and 20. For those 12 teams that got to the second round, three quarters of them went to the third round. And then in the third round, 8 5A had a 7 and 2 record. In the fourth round, they had a 5 and 2 record. I mean, so yeah, all like literally just getting out of the first round was the toughest part of this whole thing for 8 5A. Mm-hmm. Like. And another boogeyman in that region one was Mansfield Timberview Boys Basketball mm-hmm. that went on to win yeah. the state because they beat Little Elm, the Colony, and Justin Northwest all consecutively, you know, third, fifth, and in the state. I don't know what, where it all went mm-hmm. down, but they, you know, they had to go through Mansfield Timberview, another yeah. state champion. You know, no one's going to beat Mansfield yeah. Timberview. Uh, so it's just like, it's just not fair yeah. again, you know? And it's, um, yeah, it's just, it's kind of crazy just how that, you know, how much proximity plays mm-hmm. into just yeah. how, just the kind of success that a team can have because I don't know if you if you spread that if you spread these schools out based on like the quality of program which to be fair there is no right way to figure that out there's no. no right way to figure out the strength of one district versus another what one team's record means versus what another team's record means um, but yeah I mean just to get past that first round so like so 12 teams out of the 32 got past the first round and almost half of them made the regional final mm-hmm. <laughs> It's also just so weird to sit here and look at, at Region 2 and just that monster oversized Frisco district yeah. compared to by district opponent 10-5A with six teams in it. Like, it, it makes sense, and I understand exactly why you would do it. You kind of keep it all in, in the family and have them play each other and stuff, but the, like you said, there's no good way. But it is strange that, you know, you just sit here and look at how lopsided it is and how tough that road for those Frisco teams mm-hmm. is. I mean, just to get out of their district, and then you have a six-team district like 10-5A, <laughs> where it's like, well, Lovejoy and McKinney North are making the playoffs and everything, everything because yeah. there's six teams. Like, it's it's a weird dichotomy in, in Region Two. Throughout the year, I was like, man, none of those 10-5A teams have a chance. You know, my, my, <laughs> like maybe McKinney North, you know, had yeah. some, you know, boys basketball. They might have had the upper hand, the yeah, snap. But McKinney Allen and Lovejoy. Is, it was just like a product a of problem. them being in such a weak district. I saw them just get destroyed in sports like volleyball and and girls basketball and stuff like that but then McKinney North actually held their own so they obviously made the playoffs in all of the seven sports mm-hmm. excluding football they went four and three against Frisco and then they even had success later on the road mm-hmm. I know Kendrick Johnson he's talked about it a whole bunch uh, you know the huge upset again beating Independence in the mm-hmm. third round run ruling them something that no team had ever even come close to doing against the district champion in softball but McKinney North man they they held their own they had some some surprising upsets they won in uh, in the first round in girls soccer, something that I did not think was going to happen uh, when they beat Lebanon Trail. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's I mean, challenges yeah, there yeah. from from Lo- Lovejoy. Too. Lovejoy and gave them some good challenges. I mean, you got to look at volleyball. Lovejoy is almost. I mean, that yeah. those are those are fantastic matchups. Mm-hmm. No matter who they draw from that Frisco district, soccer, both the soccer's. Um, you know, Lovejoy will hang around, especially on the boys' side. Um, you know, baseball, softball. I think it's only getting better too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it, if like at first glance you're like, okay, North Lovejoy, North Lovejoy, then you know they can swap. Wiley East, they beat mm-hmm. Wakeland yeah. baseball in the first round. I thought that was a shocker. I know a lot of people weren't expecting that too. So, you know, 10 5 a is not just some pushover that you know I kind of thought they mm-hmm. would be at times throughout the year, despite you know looking away from teams you know like Lovejoy volleyball and stuff like mm-hmm. that that are traditional powerhouses. If there's, because I want to mention Lake Dallas too, because that's yeah. one of the programs that I think really benefited. From 
from just oh, needing yeah. a change of scenery. I don't know if, like, when you look at the runs of the boys' soccer team and the baseball team and just what the rules that they got on, how, I mean, do you think they're able to approximate that if they're still in Region 2 going up against well, the Frisco schools? No. Hell, they may not. Speaking for the baseball team, they may not approximate that if they end up with the four seed. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it's. I think everything just kind of fell well. I think that Lake Dallas boys' soccer in particular would have succeeded in any region mm-hmm. um, this year. I think they're just legitimately that good. Um, you know, maybe they run into some buzzsaw like Wakeland or something stupid yeah. if, if realignment's different. But, um, you know, I think they had a legitimate shot at, at beating anybody. But the baseball team, I think, definitely mm-hmm. benefited from, you know, being where they were. But, you know, they, they, they held their own, too, because, you know, Burleson Centennial was supposed to beat them mm-hmm. and didn't. Like, there, there are some really good baseball programs, um, you know, in Region 1. And, and like I said, you avoid Colville Heritage, the state champion, by a play-in game. Yeah. So, I mean, that season looks completely different if you lose to Denton Ryan in the play-in game, get the four seed, and go get smoked by Colville Heritage yeah. because that's what would have happened. Not that Lake Dallas was bad, but that team was – it was just one of those teams. You mentioned Mansfield, Timberview, and boys basketball. Colville Heritage in baseball was just one of those teams that wasn't going to be denied. They were like, we're – we have Bobby Witt one more year, and we're gonna go do we're gonna go do state title stuff, and, and you guys can just you guys can forget it for this year. So they, I don't know, it's, it's tough to say, it's tough to say, but I think the boys soccer team for sure would still have been very competitive. Was the uh, was the Wakeland boys soccer team the top seed to, to come out of that district? Mm-hmm. So if we still had the original 13-5A, 14-5A alignments, that means that Lake Dallas and uh, and Wakeland would have played each other in the third round. That would have been something. That would have yeah. been brutal. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's just I don't know. It's just crazy in hindsight to think of just those little things that, like, just the margin between a team that goes, you know, mm-hmm. two rounds deep versus five rounds deep. It really is one round deep. Yeah, in some cases. It's, I mean, like you said, that six six a oh yeah district. Like, those teams are amazing, and some of them every year in six six a versus five six a are just going to lose. Oh yeah, because like, somebody has to. If you're like, just going to like in, in a sport like volleyball or soccer, where you mm-hmm. just, if you were to power rank the teams in Region One and six a, yeah. mm-hmm. and how many yeah. of those teams would squ- like the top ten teams? You might have like three quarters of them score off within the first mm-hmm. two rounds of the playoffs. It's just it's that it's that insane, man. Hey, lots of lots of good high school sports in the Metroplex, as, uh, as I think this podcast has made pretty clear over the uh, over yeah. the years. Um, I don't know. I can't think of any other uh, angles that I want to take on this. So yeah, you know what? We can take a uh, we can take a quick break. Um, we're going to do a quick line change at the very least for one of us. We're going to bring in Justin Thomas for a uh, I guess uh, a chance to say goodbye. Farewell tour. A farewell tour for Justin Thomas, and we will uh, we will do so on the other side of this break after a word from the sponsor. Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media. 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly pages of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. And now, let's get back to the podcast. Welcome back. We've uh, we've still got Brian Murphy on hand. We have subbed in Justin Thomas for Taylor Raglan. Uh, JT, appreciate you swinging by to uh-huh. uh, taking some time out of your uh, out of your busy schedule to uh, I guess for the uh, for the last time ever chipping on the podcast. So the uh, the goodbye column is out there. It's on the website, so it's not like we're breaking any news here or whatnot. But obviously, you've had a very massive development in your career yep. over the uh, over the past uh, month or so. So just for those who haven't heard, just enlighten the masses on just the uh, the latest in uh, in your career. Well, I'm going to be moving on to Avid Golfer Magazine. <laughs> the office is out there in Irving, so I'm not going to have to relocate or anything, but I've actually already gotten started there. <laughs> I worked a couple days. Um, 
I'm an avid golfer myself. So <laughs> something that's right up my alley that really I uh, just kind of thought like it would be a good move for me. You know, been here for for a while and just thought maybe doing something different. Mm. You know, meeting some different people and doing some some different stuff would be a good move for me. So I was pretty excited when the opportunity came mm. about and. You know, it was a tough decision. Uh, I really enjoyed my time here and everything, but just felt it was the right move for me. So, yep, I went for it. <laughs> yeah, we're doing this, uh, you know, this goodbye portion of the podcast. I guess a week and a half after your uh, your yeah. last day here, so it's yeah. a little bit belated, but nevertheless, yeah, the Fourth um, of July, a little inter intervened a little bit there. But. <laughs> So, um, so, I mean, yeah, so when you think back on, because I just want to kind of jog your memory now because you've had one of the most extensive runs here of any reporter in this company. And, I mean, you've, at the same time, you've, you know, straddled one of the most difficult workloads of any yeah. reporter, maybe in the state, it's fair to say. <laughs> I mean, it's for folks who don't realize, Justin was responsible for our, our sports coverage in Carrollton, Capel, Flower Mound, Louisville, and the Colony. And he used to have the South Lake yeah. paper on his plate as well. I mean, that's insane. So when you think, because you were here for, what was it, 11 years? A little more. A little more than 11 years. I mean, just how much uh, how much this this entire game has changed in that time. And, uh, uh, yeah. you know, if you you know if you have a chance to check out our website and read Justin's goodbye column, you know, a lot of it is him kind of reflecting on his, his earlier days here as a, uh, as a sports reporter. So, yeah, I mean, when you think back to, you know, uh, you know 11 years ago, I mean, just mm -hmm. what was it like at the time kind of breaking into this industry and, uh, you know, trying this thing out? Well, it was, it was interesting. I mean, for starters, when I, you know, found out about the position and interviewed and stuff, I had never, I had, you know, had a journalism background and mm -hmm. degree and stuff, but I hadn't had a job or anything like that. I had never, you know, wrote for, a, written for a newspaper or done anything like that. So that was interesting in itself, just kind of getting started. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, as I kind of alluded into the column, it, you know, just everybody, you know, within the office and coaches and everybody kind of in the markets that I cover were just like so helpful and like. I mean, I'm sure you guys experienced the same thing in some sports, but like, I didn't know anything about volleyball. When I started. <laughs> like, I still don't know a whole lot about soccer, and you know, some of the coaches were just so helpful and you know, kind of explaining the game mm -hmm. and you know, not treating me like an idiot when I might ask him like a dumb question or something. You uh, know? <laughs> I was not as lucky on that front. They wouldn't look at me and be like, "Are you kidding me? What kind of question is that?" Yeah. You know, they would talk me through things, so you know mm -hmm. that. That really helped out, made the transition easier, and like really kind of helped me get running. And um, so you never had a coach tell you what kind of question is that? What are you, what are you talking about? Not really, not unless like maybe, after a bad maybe, loss. Maybe or one, that? maybe one that I already had like a working relationship mm -hmm. with, and you know they were just kind of writing me a little bit, almost out of fun, but mm -hmm. never, never really serious. I thought about putting some things in the column, um, some negative things, some <laughs> some moments that kind of stood out that kind of frustrated me or angered me, but I figured no, nah, let's just. Stick with the good stuff, <laughs> keep it a little shorter, and keep rolling. No need to, mm -hmm. uh, to throw that stuff out there then. But, um, yeah, no, never really had anybody criticize me for their comments. You know, you get short answers and stuff. If Maybe if the question's not good, just a no or a yes. Mm -hmm. But never really called out or anything. So not, not the same for you, Matt? Um, no, I, it, it, there's only one time that really that, uh, that comes to mind that was the very first time that I uh, that I interviewed Jadon McCullough, yeah. you know, the Plano's senior head football coach who I have a great relationship now with. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when you think back at the uh, at the time, I mean, uh, so we used to do, on Tuesdays, we would have meetings with all of the, uh, the you know, the football coaches. I yeah. would be, I was on the Plano beat and the Plano East beat. Kevin Hagelin, our old sports editor, did Allen and Plano West. And this was, like, my first week on the job. It was during the second 
second week of high school football season, and I went, um, you know, to Coach McCullough's office, and they were getting ready for a game against Desoto. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I didn't really, uh, you know, know I guess how quick the turnaround was from one week to another, as far as how quickly coaches got game film when they began scouting for another team. Yeah. So I, I kind of asked. So I mean, just you know, so have you guys, uh, have you guys begun, you know, scouting Desoto, and just kind of where are you guys at with that? <laughs> and he just gives me this deadpan look and just says, you know, that's a stupid question, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure I nervously kind of fidgeted yeah. my way through trying to, I guess, rephrase it or whatnot. But no, nah, I mean, things have been great between me and Coach ever since. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, no, I was not as lucky as, uh, as you were in my very first interview. Because now you know that they'll, they were scouting DeSoto probably a month before you know, yeah. the school year even started. <laughs> Pretty much. You come in there like, hey, yeah. do y'all know what's going on with DeSoto? Do you know plucky little upstart reporter <laughs> <laughs> trying to make a good impression. No, I never had anything like that. I did have one coach uh, <sighs> get on my case for... Uh, putting a quote in the paper that, I, that he didn't want to be in the paper apparently and uh, he kind of got on me and said, you know I didn't want that in there how are you doing Sorry, that's always, that's always tricky though. So if it's not off the really record, quote, yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, sometimes they'll at least give you a little preface. Yeah. And this part's off the record yeah. and whatnot. And we don't want yeah. this out there or anything. But no, yeah, they don't say anything. Then it's yeah, I mean, it so just no, flows with the rest of the interview. Like it's fair that. game. The biggest thing that ever got under my skin was covering a football game one time, and it's a real heartbreak. I don't want to throw any names out here or anything, yeah, but it was a real, real heartbreaking loss for this team and. So I was looking for the coach afterward, and he was nowhere to be found. And I saw mm. one of the assistants, and he was just kind of milling about. And, you know, he had, a, like, I don't know who the people were, but it, apparently it was his wife and kids. And mm. I asked him, like, hey, have you seen Coach So-and-so? And he just kind of looks at me, and he's like, no. And so, you know, I keep looking around, and about five minutes later, I run into that coach in the tunnel, and he laid into me. He's like, don't you ever interrupt me when I'm talking to my family. And I was like, what? <laughs> Give me a break. Like, <laughs> I wanted to tell him, like, hey, man, you guys, your players are handling this better than you are. But I, don't know. I kept my cool and just yeah. took my medicine and moved along. But How long ago was that? Six years? Mm -hmm. Five years? I feel like I have an idea you're talking about too. <laughs> Nevertheless, the, there was the one anecdote from the uh, from the column, which I mean, if you haven't read it, I want you to tell the story just because I, I love this from the uh, the Coach Thomas situation with uh, with Louisville boys uh, basketball. Yeah. Just retell that story because that's such a cool way. As far as yeah. coaches being accommodating and helping yeah, you out when you're first of all, it's just that it turned out to be Coach Thomas, who I didn't know at the time, mm -hmm. but you know, would, you know, he was one of my favorite coaches to work with. Just a great guy, and so. It was probably, I would say, maybe the third or fourth time I had covered them, mm -hmm. a Louisville basketball game, and it was a playoff game. I think it was at Colleyville Heritage, if I recall. Um, but, you know, going to Louisville, you know, I know the people there. Macy has always has a seat waiting for me at the scorer's table, mm -hmm. so, you know, I figured I would just go to Colleyville and just plop down right at the scorer's table and, you know, keep my stats and stuff. You know, there was no Twitter. I wasn't using Twitter and stuff back then, mm -hmm. so, you know, I actually... You know, have I still have my sheets in my office, but you know, I was actually keeping stats. Like, yeah. So I was got there, and there was like a two-person booth at the scores table. There was no room to sit, and I was like, oh man. And I'm kind of looking around the gym, and it's packed. And I was like, man, where do I want to sit? Am I gonna have to just like stand over here and literally stand and do this? So I'm just kind of standing there, kind of looking around, and I see Coach Thomas, and he's kind of looking at me, and he's just like, come over here. And I was like, hey, what's up, Coach? How's it going? He's like, what, what are you doing? I was like, I don't know. I'm trying to. <laughs> find out where to sit he's like come on down here I was like huh he's like come on down here so he sends one of the managers out to the other side of the bench and there I am just sitting on the bench right next to the coaches <laughs> reporting on the game doing my stats but literally right in between the players and the coaches I'm just sitting there on the court so that was uh but that's just kind of 
who Coach Thomas is and oh, how yeah. a lot of the coaches I you know was fortunate enough to work with mm -hmm. are. They were all very accommodating, and yeah, it was just crazy. Just you know, supposed to be a unbiased reporter and I'm sitting right on the TV. <laughs> 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 kind of flies in the face of the whole objectivity thing, but they give you a jersey too. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I, I've always wondered too because like you've... I mean, that is another point though. I'll never feel weird, but I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll take a t-shirt. Take that playoff t-shirt. Like, <laughs> oh, I've done it. Yeah. I'm a little on playoff t-shirt. No shame. Uh, make sure I don't wear it to the Hebrew game. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering, just I always wanted to just kind of get like a little bit of a, a look just inside your kind of your thought process just throughout kind of your coverage week because, like I said at the start, you do have a very very unique workload. It's I mean you hear about some you know community level reporters that have multiple papers on yeah. their front, but not just with the communities that you had to cover, but just the wealth of high schools yeah. that were on your plate as well. Because it's one thing to say like oh he he covers Carrollton, okay, well there's four high schools yeah. within there, and then there's two more in Flower Mound, yep. and then you know Louisville, and I mean just with, with all that you had on your plate uh, just I mean and you talk to people that like um, aren't really they don't they aren't readers per se mm -hmm. or they don't get the paper or they don't really know what to do and they're like oh so what do you do you just go to you just go to football games and I'm like, no like we cover all the sports yeah. like so if there's four high schools in one city you know that's 32 teams just in the bracketed sports mm -hmm. like that's all these coaches like it's not just going to a football game on Friday night and then you know that's that's your job. Yeah. No, there's a, it's it's everything there's a from, lot more to it. <laughs> from and, yeah, football and basketball all the way down through swimming and tennis and yeah. the entire UIL sports calendar and even some of the uh, you know the non UIL sanctioned stuff like yeah. hockey and whatnot. But I just always wonder just how you kind of approach the job week to week with yeah. as much work as you had to do and as many mouths as you had to feed week yeah. to week. Just how you made that all work? Because I mean, for any aspiring sports writer out there, you know, it's the kind of stuff that in order to you know break your uh, you know break into the business, some of the stuff that you might have to do is taking. Yeah. On crazy workloads like that at a community level. Well, you know, a lot of it was just coming in on Mondays when we would have our meetings mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of first things first, figure out, you know, what the big stories are, which, which you know, cities I'm going to need to kind of search around and dig around and find stories and which stories I'm going to have, which cities I'm going to mm -hmm. have to cut stories and be like, sorry, but I don't have room for this, I don't have time for this. Then you start to kind of look at the schedules and kind of see which games you're going to cover, which teams markets might kind of overlap mm -hmm. so that you can kind of kill two birds with one stone. You know, talk to you guys, see what you guys are up to, see maybe where we might could help each other out, yeah. um, things like that. I mean, we're, we're dealt what we have, you know. We only have so many resources. Sometimes it's hard, like... I, I could easily just cover Flower Mound and have enough content for that paper like every week. Oh, yeah. You just can't do it. Like so, some teams get the short end of the stick. Some some stories don't get covered like they like they're supposed to. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, I try to stay on top of things, but there's times when I'll go to a game for the first time and be like, uh, who's that? I don't know that coach. Who's that? Yeah. <laughs> Especially some of the, it's just the French the sports and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, because at the end of the day, we've got almost 50 high schools here spread yeah. across six reporters, so yeah. eventually some stuff's going to you know, slip through the cracks and whatnot. Yeah, but I've definitely called the coach and for a quote, and they're like, hey, I'm not there anymore. I'm like, oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, good talk. But yeah, it's just hard to stay on top of that one, you know, like mm -hmm. there's literally like a hundred mm -hmm. positions coaching positions and stuff that you're covering but yeah it's well, just organizing it and then you know as I got did it more and more it's it became more of a try to find stories that will work for multiple papers so mm -hmm. that you're not going to have to write you know 
25, 30 stories in a week. You try to find a couple just so you can, you know, minimize your yeah, effort, just, but still just to work. maintain your sanity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but still get good coverage for different mm. different papers and stuff, which is challenging at times because you you got to do the big stories, but mm. you also don't want to like be shorting people and not oh, no, getting yeah. certain. Especially these high school athletes, you know, they all work hard. They all deserve you know recognition for what they do. But sometimes it's just tough to get all that in, and then you just have like. Those nightmare weeks when it's signing day, <laughs> playoff, and that little that stretch there in like yeah. the early springtime oh when we have man. like seven different sports going on at once. So much going on, like this and everyone thinks that football season is the busiest time. No, football season is the easiest. It's really, like just, there's two there's volleyball and football going on. Yeah. and a little cross football, country here and there. But there's only one game a week, so there's so much you can do with it. And but then you get into these other sports. Like mm. well, a couple months ago, I had a day when I was at golf, tennis, and track, like, all on the same day, like, so, I mean, there's plenty to do (laughs) outside of just football, and I think that's kind of one of the big misconceptions is that it's only about football. That Mm -hmm. might be what gets the interest the most, but, you know, there's still nine other months in a, in a work year oh, yeah. where you have to find stuff to do. And it's in an area like this, too, because this is, I guess, the upshot of just the workload that you had is that you got to experience some incredible high school oh, athletics yeah. between, I mean, yeah, between covering Louisville ISD, the Colony, and Capel. Um, it just, I mean, yeah, the teams, yeah. The, the, the pro athletes that you've seen back when they were yeah. just in, their, <laughs> in the infant stages of their careers. I mean, you guys cover solid programs, too, but, you know, outside of something like the morning news or like the Houston Chronicle that's literally covering like an entire area oh, yeah. for like more community based markets. I don't I can't envision anybody seeing more like state champions and oh. you know high quality athletes than I had the chance to cover. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I could I could name all the state cha- I could go back and remember all the state champions I covered, but it's it's gotta be at least fifteen to fifteen to twenty. And they're all at the top classification mm-hmm. too, which was outside of the colonies softball, you know, that's the Carrollton schools never won any team state championships, mm-hmm. so they were all like the top classification, like the big dogs. So I mean, it was I feel lucky to get to see that. Yeah. Like, because you did, um, because you did. I mean, was we joke lo- with Devin a lot because you know he's our mesquite guy, and like, how many times do we get to the playoffs? And I'm like, oh man, I got five games I could do tonight. <laughs> oh, poor Devin's already <laughs> moving on to the next sport. Like. <laughs> some of his teams, you know, don't have the postseason success that the Louisville schools and mm-hmm. Hotel and stuff have had, so it's just very fortunate. Yeah, because you did a long, what was it, last year, like, to celebrate your your decade of, of yeah. you know, sports writing, your top ten teams top that you've 10 seen? Teams, yeah. Which, I mean, do you, do you recall offhand, like, who some of the, uh, I guess, some of the top, like, three or five were? You saw that? I, can uh, I mean, I could probably pull it up right here, but... Um, because then you just did kind of a similar thing just recently with the best athlete for yeah. each sport that you've seen, which, yeah, I mean, that's... It's literally, I got... That's insane. Like, there, <laughs> there was Gatorade Players of the Year that mm-hmm. weren't the top athlete <laughs> that I covered in their sport. Well, so who was the top athletes that you remember? Um, right, let's pull this stuff up here, then. Um, there are ones that were like, I know for sure Marcus Smart yeah, had yeah, yeah, Marcus for boys Smart. basketball, Lauren Cox Lauren for Cox, girls basketball. Girls basketball. Um, did Jada yeah, Coleman even make the list? I excluded current high school mm-hmm. athletes, so you had to you have to be graduated. So the softball player for me was Mary Beth Gorsuch from Louisville, which solid pick. Yeah, <laughs> who was that chick from Hebron, the volleyball girl? Um, Adana. Yeah, Adonis. yeah. yeah. Um, I actually picked for volleyball Chiaka Agbagu from Capel, who's currently on the U.S. national team. Oh, good pick. She was <laughs> Big 12 player of the year at Texas, all-time block leader at Texas. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, softball, 
you know, Jada would be a shoe in. She's incredible. Mm -hmm. But I went with Mary Beth, who, uh, you know, I had to not include a Gatorade winner there, he Heather Stearns of Hebron mm -hmm. that went on to Baylor. She didn't make the cut. Um, Chioma for girls soccer from Capel was one of my picks. Um, baseball was a tough one. I went with Colin Poche. He's on the Rays organization right now. Yeah, former Marcus pitcher. Jamal Adams for uh, football. Adams. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to think back to those best teams, but you know the ones that stick out to me just kind of immediately were, you know, obviously Marcus basketball winning back-to-back -back state mm -hmm. championships with Marcus Smart. Um, that is, that's one of the. Uh, as I was just thinking back, some of the time because, you know, I remember, uh, you know, just being so, uh, you know, wrapped up in that in that first run to state that Marcus had. Just yeah. seeing them, I think I saw him play, uh, you know, Plano in a non-district game, and it was just immediately like, oh my God, Marcus! I've never seen a player like this. Yeah, he actually level. got to cover them the sophomore year that they made it. I yeah. think he went down that year. It wasn't the Colony there that year. The Colony was there when yeah. they played that Houston Yates team that was scoring like a hundred yeah. plus on everybody. Mm -hmm. But it was earlier in that postseason when I think. Um, Marcus and Louisville played in the third round, and it was UNT. Yeah. And um, I remember tagging along with you for this game. Yeah. I wasn't covering it. I just wanted to go see it just yeah. because it was two rivals. And, I mean, again, Marcus Smart was such a fun player yeah. to watch. And there was um, the added animosity between those two because I want to say, wasn't there, like, a little bit of controversy surrounding Marcus and, you know, maybe the the way in yeah. which they had, had assembled their roster? There was a little bit of, um, like, an, an investigation going on, I think, into Smart mm -hmm. and then also um, some other other players that they had mm -hmm. there that got that transferred there like Nick Banyard and AJ Lucky and sure they enough were, they were all cleared and everything yeah but um, <laughs> Louisville did not care because no, I, I do remember going no. to that game and because um, Louisville had a great I mean both both yeah. you know student sections brought it especially for yeah. the playoffs and I remember like early on a fun Louisville team too with uh, Bowie and Ray Dorsey and those guys mm -hmm. Ryan Bowie and then um, like early on in the game the Louisville students like mocking the we believe yeah. chant <laughs> and saying that we believe that you recruit we believe yeah. that you recruit uh -huh. <laughs> but yeah. um, and then Marcus Smart going out there and I had his uh, I looked up the uh, the game story and he had let me see if I can find it he had 20 points on uh, like 8 of 12 shooting it was like 8 rebounds 7 assists 7 steals 3 just a typical Marcus yeah. Smart line in high a, school that was a every Tuesday Day, Friday yeah. appearance like you know he wasn't the come out RJ Hampton drop 50 on you style but he dominated in, in every other way the kind possible. of player that could have averaged a triple double if he had you know gone out of his way to yeah. maybe done a quadruple double some yeah. nights too <laughs> with what he racked up with steals and blocks it was a fun interaction with coach Thomas after that game as well oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then um because then, like those, yeah, covering those Marcus teams, and then uh, I remember what was it the uh, that showcase on ESPN? Yeah. That might have been like a year or two later. Because yeah. it was both, it was both. Um, it was at the New Louisville New gym. New Louisville gym, yeah. And yeah. it was Marcus going up against the uh, what was it? Was it Montverde or it was Montrose Christian? Montrose Christian that had Kevin Durant. That had a uh, Justin, Anderson Justin Anderson at the time, future Maverick uh, draft pick. He was playing against yeah. Marcus Smart in that game, and then the game beforehand, I was there to cover yeah. Prestonwood against uh, Arlington Grace Prep, and that yeah. was Julie. Julius Randall and Zach Peters, Mickey Mitchell going Man. up against Isaiah Austin, and that just that wow. loaded. I mean, Ma you, Emmanuel Moutier. Yes, Emmanuel Moutier wow. was on that team. Yeah, I, I mean, think we look back on that day, and there was like between the four teams, something like fourteen or fifteen players that played Division One college, mm -hmm. and like six or seven that made it to the NBA or were drafted or, or on an NBA roster at some point. Yeah, I need to do like a retrospective yeah. from that night at some point yeah, if that we're. Was, uh, <laughs> 
we ever reached near the, the uh, like the 10 year anniversary of that because that was yeah I've never tried to get my hands on that Julius Randall Randall elbow guard I guess his elbow his elbow pad or something mm-hmm. was bothering him so we're you know we're sitting right there covering the game and he takes it off and just tosses it to the sideline it like came right down at my feet I was like hmm <laughs> slide it right in the bag <laughs> future NBA player elbow guard yeah. <laughs> but, uh, we left it for him but yeah but that, that was a that was a fun night and put that thing on eBay now and see yeah, yeah. See <laughs> <it goes. laughs> um, um, man what a uh, the what a the other one that going back to that Marcus basketball yeah. team the thing that stands out to me the most was um, sophomore year the year they first made the championship and man, Perry Jones was was the was the big deal here? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Duncan. Duncan he yep. was, you know, he was the the big shot, the the big recruit. And I remember uh, leaving the office, and uh, Kevin Hagelin, who you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. was like, "Oh, so what do you think?" I was like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "What's going to happen tonight?" I'm like, "You know what's going to happen." He's like, "What?" I was like, "Marcus is going to beat them, and Marcus Smart's going to be the best player on the floor." <laughs> sure enough, really awesome game. Came right down to the wire, but the Marauders got him. Went on to the state tournament, and then you know, the rest is history. Two mm-hmm. years in a row, two state championships. Yep. So that was such a fun team to cover with all those guys. And then um, the run at uh, I think like like Hebron volleyball, yeah. with getting to cover like one of the great runs of any of any volleyball yeah. program with three consecutive state championships. Um, I mean, yeah, when you think back to, I mean, just what those programs were able to accomplish, and just how effortless at times yeah. they made it look in the playoffs. I just think in volleyball in whole. I mean. Seven, I've covered seven of the last ten state champions. Like, <laughs> That's you, insane. Been four times, Coppell oh. twice, Flower Mountain this year. Like, wow. Yeah. And it's between volleyball and then it seemed like every... I'll have to go back and look. Maybe one season I didn't have a team at the state t- soccer tournament maybe. Like, between volleyball and soccer, you mm-hmm. know, Louisville ISD and Coppell just represent... Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's no other way to say it. Like, I mean, those are the two that yeah. sent you out this last year yeah. on a uh, on a high note with getting the covers two uh, two state champs in, yep. in Flower Mound. Oh man, so let's see. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that kind of springs to mind from this. Um, Another thing that kind of memory that stands out was speaking of soccer was, you know, we. It's fun to cover good stuff, but at the same mm. time, I mean. We have lives. We have things we want to do, and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll never forget covering the uh, state soccer tournament. I think it was three or four years ago, and we had four teams down there. All, of course, all four win their semifinal matches. So, boom! There's four four soccer games I have to cover on Saturday. Four state championship games. Not that I'm rooting for any of our moms, <laughs> but you know, I wouldn't have minded having a little gap or anything, and not having to do four in a row. Well, of course, the first three games all go to shootouts. <laughs> so the Coppell Championship game, which is supposed to start at like 7.30, starts at like 9.30. I'm at that soccer park from like 9 a.m. to like 2 a.m. It was so long. <laughs> and at least Coppell put the beat down on in the final championship mm-hmm. game and avoided an overtime and shootout there. But it was just stacking up and stacking up and stacking up. And it's like, great game. And then it's like, great. And I was like, oh, man, I got like four stories. They're all 
how do I fit all this stuff into all these stories? Like, it was it was crazy. Because you're not because yeah because you're not out there writing like you know 200 words and a no, cloud of yeah, dust or whatnot. These are yeah. full fledged eight to nine hundred word game stories yeah. over state championship and games. And you're trying to finish up one while another game's starting, and you don't want to miss what's going on. And mm-hmm. you got to get your quotes from the players and this player's MVP. I got to talk to them, and now I got to get it all. But this other game, it was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, man, and this is, uh, yeah, I guess now it's uh, it is all a thing of the past. So, uh, yeah. as you, uh, yeah, as you move on to this next chapter with uh, with Avid Golfer, just what kind of, I mean, what what kind of stuff are they going to have you doing out there, and just what's the new job going to entail? Well, I'm just, uh, you know, on the staff. I'm a writer, so mm-hmm. I'll be doing stories. Um, I'll be doing like a little restaurant review this week, which Ooh. will be interesting. Um, what kind of restaurant? Uh, I got a, t- I got a pick. Okay, I, I, haven't, oh. I haven't settled yet, so. Um, Tweet me if you uh, have suggestions. Um, but yeah, stuff like that, editing. Um, I think I'll be doing a little page design again. All right. And then, um, you know, I just kind of got some, you know, get started assignments for this mm-hmm. month for uh, for the August edition. So I'm sure they'll have more coming my way. But mm-hmm. just kind of settling in right now. And you know, as I've talked with you and kind of alluded on Twitter to some people. Um, Still hope to be doing football games for you guys oh, and yeah. stuff on Friday nights. We'll keep you around for the fall, no doubt. Dude. I'm still looking forward to get out mm. there and seeing some football. Awesome, man. Well, hey, obviously, I uh, you know I speak for everybody here, and I'm sure yeah. all the folks in the communities that you've covered, man, that obviously we very much appreciate yeah. the work that you've done over the last you know 11 years. And, I mean, managing, again, like yeah. a workload that if you can find another reporter in this state that has had more on his plate over the last 10 years to cover, I mean, it's just insane that you were able to make yeah. all that work, dude. And you did incredible work while you were here. And, yeah, dude, wish you nothing but the best of luck in this next chapter, man. I know you're going to crush it over at uh, Avid Golfer. Well, I appreciate that. And, I mean, all the feedback and stuff I've gotten on Twitter from, mm-hmm. you know, people I've worked with and stuff has been incredible. It really means a lot. I'm going to... It's going to be weird. It's yeah. going to be weird not coming in here and just having our sports arguments and debates <laughs> just in the interim while we're doing our work and stuff. You know, we already had our... We already power-ranked our Western Conference NBA teams uh, this afternoon. So, <laughs> Working so hard um, this morning. We'll just have to do that stuff more over email and text, I guess. But it's... Uh, you know, I've really enjoyed working mm-hmm. with you guys, and I'm, I mean, I'm not lying when I say I'm going to miss it. It's going to be—it already is weird, um, but I just appreciate all the the kinds of words I received. And for those that I haven't got a chance to, you know, talk to personally, I still try to. It's just—it was tough timing with the summer. A lot of people yeah, were out of town for sure. July weekend and stuff. So there's still a lot of people I want to get a chance to talk to and say goodbye. Coaches, athletic directors, you know, people in the community and stuff like that. So I really appreciate all the kind words I received. We wish you nothing but the best going forward, buddy. Good luck. I appreciate that. And like I said, I won't be be a stranger, though. And that'll... uh, We need to get get a Star Local Media pickup reunion basketball game. We do, man. (laughs) Bring back Chris O'Dell, Damon Sales, the whole crew. Yeah, it'll be a fun time. Yeah, and that'll... uh, That'll do it for this episode of the podcast. Justin, again, appreciate you for tagging along. I know you got a busy, busy times right now for you. Brian, Taylor, appreciate you all for tagging along as well. We'll be back on Monday with another episode of the podcast to round out our series, uh, talking some of the uh, our awards for our annual varsities and whatnot. So, folks, in the meantime, you enjoy the rest of your week, and we will talk to you all later. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. 
Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.